Hello and welcome to the second episode of our OECD education podcast. I'm Marilyn, editor at the OECD's Directorate for Education and Skills. I'll be speaking today with Noemi Ledonnet, an education analyst here who leads the analytical work on the OECD Teaching and Learning International Survey, otherwise known as TALUS. TALUS is a large-scale survey that asks teachers and school leaders from around the world about their working conditions and the learning environment in their schools. There have already been two rounds of the survey, one in 2008, when 24 countries participated, and the second in 2013, when 34 countries participated. Next year, nearly 50 countries will participate in the third round of the survey. All countries will survey teachers and school leaders working in lower secondary schools, but some of the countries will also survey staff in primary and upper secondary schools. The results of the survey give us a pretty good idea of how teachers are trained for their job, what teaching methods they use in class, and their effectiveness in getting their students to learn. The results also give us a pretty good idea of what teachers actually think about all of this. So, Noemi, if you had to choose the one most surprising result from the most recent round of TALIS, what would it be? Hello, Marilyn, and first, let me thank you for inviting me. Um, well, TALIS allows us to enter the classroom black box and know more about what happens during school lessons, and we are doing so by listening to the teachers. In 2013, TALIS showed that overall, teachers spent about 80% of their time on actual instruction. So it also means that they spend 20% of their time on administrative tasks or classroom management. However, in more than half of the participating countries, one in four teachers reported losing at least 30% of their time to classroom disruptions and administrative tasks. Yet we know that the actual time spent on teaching is crucial for students' learning. So these findings indicate that teachers in many countries could benefit from help with respect to managing classroom disruptions and implement uh, practices that are centered around the students. So for example, Tali showed that teachers who participated in professional development activities involving individual and collaborative research or observation visits to other schools or a network of teachers those teachers are more likely to report using more frequently student-centered and active learning practices that involve small groups or long-term projects and the use of information and communication technology in the classroom. So those teachers are really able to implement practices that captivate students' attention. So and does, does that mean also that they spend more, those teachers spend more time actually teaching rather than doing administrative tasks and, and managing their classrooms? Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's what happens. So high-quality professional development activities can actually help teachers spend more time on actual teaching and make a better use of this actual instruction time. What, what struck me when I'm looking at the report was that fewer than one in three teachers believes that teaching is a valued profession in society. That's quite a damning indictment. When, when you don't feel like your work is valued, you're less inclined to commit yourself 100% to it. And in fact, if you're not already in the teaching profession, why would you want to enter it if you feel that it is, it is not valued by society? What, what do you make of this finding? This negative perception is indeed striking, uh, and it can negatively impact recruitments and retention in the teaching profession. That's what we've seen uh, based on Tali's results. 
and it can also impact teachers' morale in some countries. Interestingly, we've done some additional analysis and they have shed more light on what factors might influence teachers' perceptions in this area. In most countries, the extent to which teachers can participate in school decision-making is associated with a stronger likelihood of reporting teaching as a valued profession. That's an interesting finding, and it suggests that the prestige of the profession could be enhanced by enacting policies aimed at empowering teachers, developing their autonomy and their leadership. Does that mean in a way that the better teachers feel about themselves, the more, the more they believe that they're, that they're valued in society? Yeah, that's true. And in fact, the better teachers think about themselves, the better other things about teachers. So, I mean, there is a, a domino effect here, a cumulative positive effect. I, I must add to this that we've seen large vari variations among countries with respect to this uh, phenomenon. So, in fact, this issue is particularly problematic in some countries, such as Croatia, France, the Slovak Republic, Spain and Sweden. In those countries, less than 10% of teachers believe that teaching is valued. In some Asian countries, on the opposite side of the, of the, of the picture, Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, and Abu Dhabi, for instance, the majority of teachers feel very differently about their profession. In those countries, uh, about two-thirds or more of teachers report that their society value the teaching profession. Hmm. So there are very important country differences, and we really encourage those countries where fewer teachers feel valued in their uh, society to implement uh, policy reforms aiming at, yes, empowering teachers, giving them more autonomy in the school uh, decision-making, more participation in the school decision-making. There's another result that, that is kind of related to this. The report highlights the importance of collaboration among teachers, whether that means team teaching in specific classes or teachers offering feedback to each other on, on their teaching methods. Some of us are used to seeing only one teacher at the head of the class disseminating their knowledge to the, to the rest of the students. Do most teachers now collaborate with each other? And why, why is collaboration important? So Talis shows that, indeed, most of the teachers engage in collaborative activities, but only in simple forms of uh, collaborative activities, such as exchanging teaching materials and engaging in discussions about the learning and uh, development of specific students, so engaging with conversation with your colleagues. But teachers are less likely to engage in more complex forms of collaboration, such as teaching jointly or never observing other teachers' classes to provide feedback to each other. And it's striking that, on average, more than four out of ten teachers report never engaging in these more elaborate collaborative activities. And this is a pity because collaboration among teachers, whether through professional learning or collaborative practices, is beneficial to their work. In Talis, we've shown that collaborative practices are related to both high levels of job satisfaction and high level of self-efficacy. And what's, what is self-efficacy? Well, by self-efficacy in Thales, we mean, in fact, three components of self-efficacy. We measure the extent to which teachers are able 
uh, to manage their classroom and what they think about their ability to manage their classroom. And we also measure two other components, their ability to deliver quality instruction and their ability to engage students in their learning uh, activities. So those three components, classroom management, instruction, student engagement, make for the concept of self-efficacy. So we ask teachers to what extent they feel able to yeah, be efficient in their work. And it's interesting because teacher self-efficacy has been proven to be closely related to student learning. So in short, teachers are very good judges of their own teaching, so we can trust them. And that's what we do in TELIS. And we have seen, in fact, that indeed, higher level of teacher self-efficacy has a positive uh, relationship with higher level of student performance. So if teachers think that they're doing their job well, that will be ultimately reflected in student performance. Exactly. As I said, teachers are good judges of their own work and their own ability to deliver quality instruction. And what is interesting, going back to the, the issue of collaboration, is that we found that collaboration is positively related to self-efficacy, and in turn, self-efficacy is positively related to student learning. So we have an in indirect relationship between collaboration and student learning, which is a positive So uh, kind of a virtuous cycle, if, as you will. Absolutely. Talis also asked teachers about their training, both, um, both before they become teachers and while they are teachers, and what they do, if anything, to keep themselves up to date in their, in their subjects they teach and with different methods of teaching. And once again, I was struck by, by one of the results that more than one in five teachers reported that they need more training in how to teach students with special needs. Given that uh, a lot of classrooms around the world are becoming more and more diverse, both in terms of, in terms of students' uh, cultural background and in students' individual abilities. What does this result mean for today's classrooms? What you just said is absolutely true. Uh, these results indicate important needs identified by teachers in the areas of teaching for more and more diverse classrooms and pedagogical aspects of teaching related to this increasing uh, diversity. And this is an important finding and an important observation to make based on Talis results, since we know that schools are more and more inclusive. They are asked to be more and more inclusive, and teachers report not being sufficiently prepared for using individualized approaches to learning and catering to students with special education needs. So. Yeah, enhancing the equity of education systems will definitely require addressing this issue. TELUS does more than uh, simply survey teachers. It also asks school leaders, whether they're school principals, school heads, or whatever they're called, about certain parts of their, of their profession and, and their jobs. Can you give us kind of an example of what kinds of questions these school leaders are asked and what kind of information TELUS is looking for from school leaders? Yeah, so school leaders also take part in, in TELIS. They respond to uh, the school leader questionnaire, which is really designed to, um, to them. And so this questionnaire contains questions about their backgrounds, their training, their school, their professional development activities, but also their responsibilities in the school and the, the relationships they have with their colleagues 
and what they do to improve the school climate, uh, the relationship within the school, and also the relationship with other schools. So this part is particularly interesting because we know from, based on Thales, the importance of school leadership for developing a collaboration culture in the schools. And we know this type of collaboration culture, as we already uh, mentioned, mm. is very important for student learning. Do you, do you ever find, or does, does Talis ever find, that there's a, a discrepancy between the kind of pictures the school leaders paint of their schools and the kind of picture that the teachers paint of their schools? Yes, it happens. Uh, one example is about the availability of and the participation of teachers in induction programs. Uh, and these induction programs are, are what? Could you tell us what that means, an, an induction program? Yeah, so those induction programs are programs designed for teachers new to the school or teachers new to the profession to get more acquaintance with, you know, the, the, the functioning of the school, the rules of the school, and yeah, to support teachers in their early work at the school. And, and so we ask school leaders whether such an induction program is available at the school for new teachers. And we also ask teachers whether they participate in the school when they started at the school. And we find that on average, more than 70% of school leaders report that induction programs are available at their schools for new teachers. But not even half of teachers report taking part in an induction program in their first regular employment. So yeah, there is a difference, and this might be an indication of low engagement of both teachers and school leaders in these activities that they exist, but mm. people are not pushed or they don't feel the need to participate in them, despite their availability. So comparing teachers and school leaders' perceptions usually enriches the picture of what happens in the school, and we get a better understanding of what's going so on. So you have a, just a, a broader a broader view of what's going on in, in schools. Yeah, exactly. What does the OECD do with the TALIS results? Are, how are they disseminated? Who gets to see them? Do teachers get to, get to see what's happening in their particular school, or is it a sort of a broader view of teaching in general? Well, so once all the data is collected... Uh, we publish first an international report presenting the main findings. This report is targeted to policymakers, teachers, and researchers, and, and, and the large, I mean, public. And, and this is available how, where? It's, yeah, it's available online. Uh, it's free. So you can access the TALIS 2013 initial report uh, on the internet. We also present the results at the International uh, Summit of the Teaching Profession. That's uh, a summit where education ministers, uh, teacher leaders and teacher unions from around the world meet to discuss the best way to improve student learning. We also issue a teacher's guide. That's a report that is designed for teachers to help them reflect on and improve their own teaching practices. We also issue a series of short policy briefs. They are called Teaching in Focus. And in those policy briefs, we highlight findings about different uh, teacher and teaching-related topics based on Thales findings. Could you give us the, the website address for that, just so, so listeners know where they can go to get this information? It's oecd.org slash Thales. And yeah, for more information, you can go on our website. Okay. And looking ahead a little bit to the 2018 edition of Thales, are you planning to cover any new material, any new issues? 
Yes, so the 2018 edition of Thales will continue focusing on Thales study policy themes, but it will also address policy issues that have recently emerged, such as enabling innovation in teaching, teaching in multicultural settings, as we said, classrooms are more and more diverse. And finally, an, an important uh, new topic, topic is about uh, teacher stress and well-being at work. Also, that given that this is now going to be the third round of TALIS, do you do any kind of looking at trends that have trends that might be noticeable between the first round at 2008 and now this round of 2018? Yes, absolutely. TALIS 2008 and 2013 allowed the identification of quality processes with respect to a range of topics. So we have identified quality processes with respect to teaching practices, but also professional development, teacher feedback, teacher appraisal. And we are extremely interested to see whether in 2018, whether these quality processes have expanded over the past five to 10 years. And we'll also be looking at trends in the profile of teachers and school leaders. So um, we know that in some countries, the population was aging. We know that from the, the, the last cycle. And we'd like to see if this trend has pursued or not. We would like to see whether the profession is more and more female or uh, if it's more and more educated and so on. So mm. interesting, yeah, trends analysis to come, I believe. Getting down to the nitty-gritty here, um, how does a teacher participate in TALIS? Can they ask the OECD to be participants? How does this work? No, they cannot ask the OECD to be participants. TALIS and an international research consortium who work with the OECD to prepare TALIS, we first select a random sample of 200 schools, representative of schools in each participating country. The school leader and 20 teachers selected randomly from each of those schools then respond to a questionnaire. The questionnaires are administered online or on paper, and they take between 45 and 60 minutes to complete. And all information is collected anonymously and confidentially. And again, if you want to see more information on this, you can go on our website, oecd.org slash I think we're about running out of time, unfortunately, but I want to thank you very much, Noemi, for speaking with us. Thank you, Marilyn. Our next episode in the series will focus on a first-ever international assessment of students' abilities to collaborate with each other to solve problems. Jeffrey Moe, the main author of that report, and Andreas Schleicher, the director of the Education and Skills Directorate at the OECD, will be speaking on this subject. Thank you all very much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow the OECD Education Twitter account, which can be found at OECD Edu Skills. And you can also get expert analysis on all sorts of education topics on our Education and Skills Today blog at OECD Education Today, all one word, dot blogspot.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening.